0: So we're going to be continuing um, our series on rest today, as I mentioned. We're going to be taking a look at some of the practices and some of the spiritual disciplines of our Christian ancestors who have journeyed before us for centuries. Um, how did they enter into and stay in this posture of rest for their souls? So I want to begin this morning um, by creating uh, even a little bit more time of stillness. And um, Camden, we're gonna. If you could just stop that after three minutes. We're just going to watch this video for three minutes. So I just want you to be quiet. Just soak it in. I know you're thinking, gosh, Bob, do you have to talk? <laughs> so, what did you experience during that time? Like, What went through your mind? Peace. Peace? Yeah. What else? Why do I live here? I'm sorry. I don't, know where the, I don't know where the voice was coming from. What would you say? Why do I live here? Why do I live here? Perfect. Yeah. Those were all shots of the new Corby Pond. You haven't been by there yet? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's been under a shroud of mystery all this time, but, you know, we unveiled it this morning. Let me ask you this. What, what did you notice about your body during that time? Anything? Calming. A calming, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, Renee. Uh, my breathing slowed down. Your breathing slowed down, yeah, and you became aware of it right? That's one thing that I noticed as I was sitting in my office this week going through this is like, oh man, I, I'm really feeling myself and sensing my breathing just whew, chill out a little bit, right? Um, let me ask you this. <laughs> Do you think you would have experienced that same level of rest if you had looked at Facebook or Instagram for three minutes? No. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? What we subject our minds our bodies to in the name of rest (laughs) maybe uh, some of you guys that have been around for a while you might remember last year um, in 2021 when i gave the state of wellspring address like i did last week i talked about for me personally that i wanted to kind of shake shake some things up in my own life that i wanted to invite some new voices just to speak into my spiritual life and so I started meeting with a spiritual director once a month on Zoom. Um, It's a a lady that's a retired um, minister that lives in Nebraska named Patricia. And it's so funny because at my guys' group, I talk about meeting with my lady. And it sounds sounds so mysterious and somewhat creepy maybe. Um, But it's been really a great time Um, just to meet with somebody that doesn't know me um, and that can say some things to me that maybe other people might be who, whatever scared or intimidated or whatever to say but we always begin our time um she always just has me close my eyes we spend some time just breathing being aware of uh, of our breath um and just kind of helping to kind of center ourselves and prepare ourselves for what god might want to do during that time and at the end of those few minutes um i always feel feel so grounded and still and present and relaxed and I think to myself gosh I need to do this more (laughs) but guess what I don't (laughs) between those month zoom calls I really don't it's really difficult I want to (laughs) but that would require a new pattern of operation for me and and new habits are hard to form right it's easier when somebody else is telling you what to do right that's why we go to gyms and have coaches yell at us right because on our own we might not do it You've probably all heard about the phenomena that um, once you start to become aware of something, you start seeing it everywhere. You know, like I want the red sports car, and then you just see red sports cars all over the place, right? So since the beginning of this sermon series on rest, I've been noticing this theme or this topic everywhere. Um, And it just seems like a hot uh, issue that people are talking about. And so I was actually on Twitter the other day, um, and... There was an article on there by Relevant Magazine, is one of the ones that I follow, and it had a post entitled, What Does It Look Like to Practice Rest? So I was like, well, I probably should read this. So started reading it, and they, they used this illustration of um, uh, helping a toddler uh, begin to get into the good routine of taking a nap, right? A lot of times toddlers, when they get their voice, they don't want to take a nap, right? But as parents, we know this is what's best for them and probably for us too, amen? Um, and so it's like, we've got to be disciplined. It's like, so we, we try to create a routine and a pattern that they kind of get into the use of the rhythm of the day. This is what we do. We get up, we, we watch Paw Patrol, we eat our snack, and then we take a nap, whatever your routine might be. And um, it's something that we have to practice. In a, in a similar way, God knows that resting is something that we need for our spiritual well-being. And it's why when Jesus came, right, God in the flesh, he practiced rest. He demonstrated it to his disciples. It's why that he made it a commandment for us to follow, right? You will have a Sabbath time in your life to observe. But we can be a lot like those pesky toddlers sometimes. Um, But I love what the writer in that article said. He said this, but then the child grew up. And the Sabbath was no longer a set of laws needed to be governed, but a condition of the heart that needed to be guarded. What do you think they're getting at with that statement? Now, if you don't answer these questions, what what we're going to assume is that the guys are the smart ones and they're not here. And so they are the ones that have all the answers. I'm counting on y'all. Come on. Let's go. What do you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have anybody to control to do that. So trying to control myself to do things like getting in a word. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's just that child in you goes away. You know, mm-hmm. Why you need a routine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Good. Anything else? Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think the spirit of what they're trying to say here is that we get to this point where it's not like we need like the parent to tell us to do this, right? But it becomes something that we start to realize, like my heart needs this. And so out of out of a care from my own heart, I want to create space for this to happen for me <laughs> and my connection with God, because I know what's what's best for me, right? that we guard that time, that it becomes precious to us, just like that kid's nap is for you. So a Sabbath rest is a spiritual discipline, but like all disciplines, no matter what it is, at some point, your heart has to be in it, right? If you're just going to the gym or you're just doing whatever because you're supposed to, pretty soon you're going to kind of resist or rebel that thing unless your heart begins to appreciate it and and need it and you guard that time because you see that it's beneficial for you, right? Right? So as we've been discussing these first two weeks of the series, resting isn't doing nothing. As a matter of fact, sometimes getting to a condition of rest actually feels like a lot of work, right? Rest is a refocus. It's a quieting of our minds and this assertion of our heart to follow Jesus. And it's also an awareness to receive a warm embrace from God. So it's not always necessarily about what we're going to do. It's also what we are going to receive and opening ourselves up to that posture. Martin Luther put it this way. He said, "...the spiritual rest which God particularly intends in this commandment, the Sabbath commandment, is this, that we not only cease from our labor and trade, but much more, that we let God alone work in us and that we do nothing of our own with all of our powers." And I think what he meant there was our supposed powers, right? So today we're going to hone in on our spiritual ancestors, uh, these centuries of, of followers of Christ before us, and look at how they begin embracing Jesus' call to rest and connect with the Father. And so I, I've begun telling folks recently <clears throat> um, I don't know if you ever notice how you get in kind of these patterns of of things about God you tend to say to people that keep coming up in conversations, but my new pet phrase lately has been this, is that Jesus' invitation to us is always come to me, right? Again and again and again in scripture, he says, come to me, right? And then maybe the most famous passage, he says, come to me, and he says, and you will find rest for your soul. And so... As we enter into this time, we're going to look at some different ways to engage in that rest. And I want to give you guys some really practical tools that you can choose to use if you want to today. But you can't blame me for not giving them to you. So I'm going to give them to you, and you can do with them what you want. But we're going to start by looking at Matthew 6:6 in Scripture, in page 1380. If you can open up there, Matthew 6:6. Jesus is doing a, a teaching on prayer with his disciples during the, the Sermon on the Mount. And he says this, Matthew 6, 6, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So around the third century A.D., uh, several Christ followers began taking those words literally, and they began withdrawing from society and going out into the desert, and picking out a cave and hanging out there and spending a lot of time with God, um, kind of alone, uh, getting these large chunks of time, months at a time, years at a time sometimes, forsaking the world and its noise and chaos and pleasures and demands. And these folks were called desert fathers and mothers. That's how they were known. But they believed that true rest could only be found in withdrawal. And so, some of us are looking at it and be like, wow, that'd be great if I could just wander off in a cave for a long time. But, right, life doesn't necessarily, it's not set up for us to do that in the season that many of us are in. But I do believe that there is value um, in the spirit behind what they were trying to do, which is getting long, extended, uninterrupted time with God. Okay? So, taking a spiritual retreat uh, can be really refreshing. How many of you have actually done that? Like, you've been on a spiritual retreat in your life? All right. We're starting from scratch. There's a couple out there, right? Okay, here we go, folks. Listen, the reality is, guys, is that sometimes that 15 or 30 or 60 minute quiet time that you have with God might not be quite enough. (laughs) I know for my wife, um, you know, when she was raising kids and scrambling around, like her brain, I mean, you know, she talks about, you know, kid brain or pregnancy brain. It's like, like 15 minutes like you can't even scratch the surface of getting present with god in that amount of time and so um it's tricky um guys i don't know if you know this but there is a monastery just up the road from us called conception abbey on the way to maryville and you can just call them and say hey i'd love to have a room there for all day and they'll give you a room or if it's nice outside we went with our staff last a couple years ago in may and we're outside there's a pond there's nice benches you can sit in and and be out there y'all can go up there anytime you want it is available to you um just being in a different setting but this spiritual practice of retreat is something that we all need <laughs> like like a toddler that has to take a nap right even though you know they don't want to it has to be scheduled it has to be something that we make a priority It has to be a gift maybe from you and your spouse to one another. Hey, I'm taking the kids this Saturday and you're going to Conception Abbey, or you're going to wherever and, and having some time alone, okay? I thought about this. We will prioritize and make large chunks of time for lots of things, right? We will plan shopping days to Kansas City or... Go to a sporting event or go into a concert, and we'll think, okay, we're going to go to Kansas City, we're going to get dinner, we're going to go to this concert for three hours, maybe go grab some coffee or ice cream afterwards, and we'll plan something of like six to eight hour chunk of time, and we'll make it happen. But we won't do that same thing to get some time alone with our Heavenly Father. Why is that? I'm asking. It can be What's that? It can, be it can be uncomfortable. Hmm. Yes, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. shameless plug, right? Yes, yep, yep, so that was great. I thought about that during this week when I thought about that question is if we have a misconception of who God is, (laughs) he might not be somebody we really are excited about spending five, six hours with, right? Like, you know, what does he think of me? You know what's he going to ask of me how does he feel about you know this xyz decision that i made or this you know because then you it requires vulnerability right i mean going shopping or going to a chief's game or going to a concert doesn't really necessarily require that you be vulnerable and open up and allow somebody else to speak into your life and so it's uncomfortable maybe right but it's good so a few hundred years later, after those desert fathers and mothers, this monastic movement moved into Christendom. And um, those folks come out of the caves, and they started to get together into um, monastic communities. And they would, would put themselves under the leadership of an abbot. And one of the first big leaders of that, that movement was St. Benedict. We have Benedictine College in Atchison. And these folks moved in together, and they became governed by spiritual rhythm, rhythms called the office. And eight times a day at the monastery, the bells would ring, and the monks would stop whatever they were doing. And some of them were in the middle of the night, so they would stop sleeping. They would get up, and they would, or they'd be working in the fields, and they would stop when they hear the bells, and they would refocus, reconnect through prayer, through reciting scripture, um, and really those times were times to for them to remember why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm out here in this field, in this monastery, doing whatever. Why? Who am I? Who is God? Who does he say I am? And multiple times a day, they made space to come to terms with those questions and the answers to those questions and engage in conversation. It might have been a 15-minute break or longer, but it was a time for recentering, okay? And to remember that we're here to worship God and to bring him glory. And those bells kind of snapped them out of their earthly activity for a moment, right? And I love that concept because concept, I often need to be forced to do that. Um, I'm a person that likes to live by routine and order, okay? Shocker to those of you that know me. So I literally almost every day that I'm here at the church, I stop working at 1130. And I try to set up most of my lunches for 1145. <laughs> and I have this rhythm. And so at 1130, I leave. When I'm driving to lunch, I'm praying and I'm thinking about the morning that I had, thanking God for that time, whether it was doing sermon prep or whatever, meeting with a person. I pray about the person I'm getting ready to have lunch with and meet with that God would use that time. At the end of my day, about 2.45, I get ready to head over to Central to coach runners, and I've got a little five, 10-minute window there, and I spend some time just thanking God for you know, how lunch went or whatever I've been doing the afternoon and then also kind of refocusing on, okay, I'm getting ready to go be with a bunch of high school kids that might have been through some stuff today. I want to make sure my heart is ready, my mind is ready to engage in that and to try to be Christ to those people. So it's just opportunities to prepare myself to be Christ in those moments. And guys, there's apps you can get on your phone. Um, I looked up a couple this week. One was called um, My Daily Office or Pray Minder. Um That are just little reminder things. I know some people that just set their alarm throughout the day. 11 o'clock every day, their alarm goes off and they stop and pray. And I think it's really good to have something that re-centers you multiple times because we are forgetful people. What we remembered at 8 a.m. when we had that quiet time, and what happens at 2 p.m. might be two different people, (laughs) right? We were awesome at 8 a.m. and now we're just turds at two, right? We need to re-center, refocus because it, it all slips away so easily. Okay. So, to finish up this morning, I want to direct us to a couple of daily practices in this pursuit of rest. Okay? I'm going to put some slides up on the screen in just a minute. Um, The first one we're going to talk about is this practice called Lectio Divina, and it was started in the fourth century. And so, I'm going to put the process up here. Um, Like Justin mentioned, we have to, first of all, anytime we do anything, we have to clear ourselves of distractions, right? He said, if you're trying to connect with God and rest and you've got your cell phone right next to your Bible, that's going to be difficult. <laughs> Sometimes I have to take my watch off, right, that gets the message that I've got a self, you know. I can't, you can't do that either, right? Um, or shut the TV off. But some people light a candle as a, as a reflection of the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. Like it's just a visual, sensual, smell reminder that God is here. And then you got to say, God, I'm going to open myself up to you during this time, right? Do what you want to do with this time. So let's put that slide up there. Lectio Divina um, means divine reading. You guys can take pictures of these screens if you'd like, okay? And what you do is, is you take a passage, it doesn't have to be a whole chapter. It's probably better if it's just a few verses or even a verse. And the first time through you read it, you just listen for words or phrases that seem to jump out at you for whatever reason. Second time through is what's called meditatio or reflection. What is God trying to say here? Okay, ask God to make his focus clear. Yeah, what is it you're trying to, why are you trying to get my attention on this area today, God? Oratio, responding the third time you read it through. You might respond in journaling or beginning just kind of a prayer conversation with God. This is what I'm hearing you say to me, God. Is this this what I need to take away from it? And then the end of that time, which is called contemplatio, which is just a time of rest or silent contemplation. Bring my mind back to stillness again, okay? So this is just a way to engage Scripture that I've, I've done before. And I would just say that this doesn't have to be something you do every day. Maybe just once a week, twice a week. Um, Say, I'm going to stop kind of my normal pattern. I'm going to try to do this and kind of break up into smaller chunks and really dig deep and see if God's got something for me there, just as a way to shake up your routine. (laughs) We can get stuck in just patterns of connecting with God to where it just kind of becomes stale. Okay, so just use this if you'd like to just kind of shake it up. The second one I want to talk about um, is what's called the prayer of examine. And this is actually a nighttime ritual, so what, what you do with the prayer of examine is before you go to bed at night, it's a time for you to look back across your day at the people, the events, the things that you were engaged in um, and, and start to ask yourself some, some reflective questions. So if you could put that slide up there with the prayer of examine, okay? One of the things you can do is look back and, and just have some thanksgiving over some different uh, people that you connected with. What am I especially grateful for in this past day? These are some things that, that you could be grateful for, right, an event that took place, the courage that you mustered in a situation. Go ahead and go to the next one. You could spend some time just petitioning. Um, as I review my day, I ask for God, um, for the light to know God and to know myself as God sees me. You can review, <laughs> where have I felt true joy today? What's troubled me today? What's challenged me today? You know, we spend so much time a lot of times in prayer in the morning looking forward. We very seldom spend time looking back and reflecting. <laughs> how did that impact me? Why did I feel that way? And really asking God and inviting. How did I notice God's presence in any of this? When I went to seminary and we talked about this, we were like, where, where did I, 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 I join God? <laughs> and where did I miss God? Right? Great questions to ask. And then finally, a look ahead, you know. Um. what what do I see for tomorrow? What, what kind of attitude or spirit do I want to have differently the next time? Okay? Um, go ahead and skip over the next slide because I know we're getting a little late here, guys. The last spiritual practice that I want to explore today is called breath prayers. Okay? Way back in the time of the Desert Fathers, way back in those early centuries, they actually on a cave wall found this prayer. It's called, we call it now the Jesus Prayer. You guys are probably familiar with that. And this is how the Jesus prayer goes. A monk wrote this on the wall. A desert father said, Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You guys have probably heard that before. So these prayers are, are meant to be said in a pattern of breathing. Okay, so we say one part of it as we breathe in deeply, and we say the second line as we exhale, long, slow exhale, okay? So as I've shared with you, um, our focus this week um, we're going to look at, let's look, let's look at this list real quick, and we'll go through it, okay, because we're going to use this during our communion time today. So during the breath prayer phase, you start off by just asking God to be still, or ourselves to be still and know that he is God. And then secondly, imagine God calling to us by name and asking, what do you want? What do you want? What's really a core desire in your heart right now? And I would really challenge it to not be something necessarily circumstantial, right? What do you want? I want money, right? Well, okay, we all do, right? But what is it you really want in your soul? And then thirdly, speak honestly from your heart a word or a phrase that would answer that question. Fourth, we select a name you're most comfortable using to speak to, speak to God. We combine that name with the answer to the question before. And then we breathe in God's name and breathe out your request or need. Okay, this is something that I've, I've used a lot in the last year as well. Um, and our focus this week, if you guys have those cards that are still, you know, in your pews or if you took one with you, our focus this week is going to be on our body <laughs> as we rest. And so one challenge that I have for you or an encouragement is I want all of us to spend a minute before you can spend your time with God, take a minute to just breathe in slow, breathe out slow, and just really, like, ground yourself in this time. Center yourself. Slow yourself down before you come to God. Because I think I want to go back to this, this slide. I, I missed it a second ago. But Ecclesiastes 5.2, this is so important. This is what it says. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven, and you are on earth. So let your words be few. That's why I love this breath prayer, man, because it's just a few words. I can get wordy sometimes when I pray. And God's like, I already know what's in your heart. You can just shut up. <laughs> just be still. All right? So this morning... During our communion time, I want to invite you to participate in this activity. If you can leave the breath prayer slide up, okay? What I'd like you to do right now is to look at question number two. And I want you to think right now, this morning, for you, what would you say is your answer to that question? What do you want? If God was standing here, sitting right before you, and looked at you in the face, and called you by name, and said, what do you want? What would you say back to him? And then I want you to think of a name for him that you would address him in this morning. I did this activity during the week as I preparing uh, for this time, and this is what I wrote down. I said, Heavenly Father, I want to know that I'm loved. That was what my heart needed, that, that moment. Okay, so in my breath prayer, uh, with my eyes closed, I don't have to, you don't have to say it out loud, you can, but just to yourself, just, Heavenly Father, I want to know that I'm loved. Just recite it multiple times over and over again. So we're going to create some space here before communion, and I want you to answer that question and pray that prayer a few times. Try it out, right? First line, breathing in. Second line, breathing out. All very slow and deep. We're going to have the service can go ahead and come up, but we're not going to dismiss by row. Just whenever you are ready, uh, you can come up and take communion We've got gluten-free, and we've also got um, the little dispensers, um, if you want to take it that way as well. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for these practices, these things that um, your followers have done for centuries to help enter into a restful space. And God, our life in this world right now, (laughs) 21st century, is so much more complicated and noisy and busy than the world has ever been. The challenge to slow down and to have peace is just extremely difficult. It's something that we have to fight for, not only for ourselves, but we have to help other people in that fight as well. God, I pray right now that you would use this time to help us connect with you through this breath prayer, that you would speak to us about what is it that really is the deepest longing of our hearts. What do we want you to do in our life? We pray that we would trust you as we come before you.